0: Welcome to the next episode of Talk Me To The Movies. This is Kara.
1: This is Brenna.
0: And today we have a pretty exciting episode. Um, I mean, this is pretty awesome because you have two females who love film talking about a movie (laughs) about a female who works in film. So (laughs) today... So meta. (laughs) So today we're going to be talking about a movie called The Assistant by kitty green uh the director kitty green and it's a pretty interesting movie what did you think
1: i yeah i thought it was really great um i think i only rated it a four on letterboxd which i mean a four is really good but i feel like yeah i feel like it doesn't really i was thinking about it I'm like it's kind of hard to score a movie like this because i feel like it's super important and Um, gets its message across really well um, and just has some like really amazing subtlety with the way it does it but it's like when I it doesn't have much like there's no score there's it's not like a movie that's full of cinematography it's like super quiet and slow so I feel like that's it's hard to compare it to other big cinematic movies so long story short I just feel like my letterbox score was maybe too low for how important and well done it was but (laughs) But yeah, so I I really liked it. I thought it um, was really well done.
0: I guess we should explain kind of what it's about. People might be a little confused at this point. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah,
1: as we're talking about. They know it's important. That's what they know.
0: <laughs> I think it's actually a lot of people are hearing about it and learning about it because it stars Julia Garner, who is also in the very beloved Netflix series, uh, Ozark, where she yes. plays... Ruth Langmore, and I thought she did phenomenal in this. By the way, I thought she was really great in this. It, I was expecting yeah. her to be Ruth Langmore because I watch Ozark religiously. <laughs>
1: yeah, she's <laughs> become like associated with that in pop culture for sure. <laughs>
0: yeah, but I think a lot of people recognize her, and so I think yeah. It, and it's this movie was released was technically supposed to be released in theaters during Corona uh, virus. Mm-hmm um so Corona it's casualty yes it is but it is on amazon and available for streaming um for renting fee but
1: yeah yeah i yeah julia garner i think you're right i think she's like definitely having a moment in film and television i actually just watched um that series waco on netflix and she's in that as well but it's interesting because she's a lot younger because i think waco was filmed um quite a while ago and only just recently got picked up for Netflix so it was kind of strange i was like that was striking to me i was like oh wow she's so much younger in this but um it has just made me realize that she's universally amazing in everything too like i'm so excited to see what comes for her career in the future
0: yeah i'm excited about that too she's i was
1: kind of creeping
0: on her i think she's she's dating mark foster from foster the people oh yes
1: okay yeah. 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 So she, she's she's a foster, too, now. Because <laughs> I think they're married, aren't they? Or are they just yeah. dating? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> I'm not
0: sure. <laughs> this is the things I should look up before we start recording, and I don't.
1: <laughs> I know. I do kind of love, though, how our podcast becomes part, like, just pop culture tangent, like, trying to solve, solve these mysteries between celebrities and... <laughs>
0: It's a learning experience. I
1: learn every time we come to the microphone. Me (laughs) too. We don't just learn about the films. We learn about everything surrounding them, which I love. (laughs) Okay, so um, The Assistant takes place in a modern day um, corporate environment, which we kind of learn is, um, I think it's a film production company um, of some sort, similar to like it's very parallel with like the weinstein company or miramax or you can see that it draws um from everything that happened there but um so it's taking place in this corporate environment and centers on a woman who is one of the main assistants to the head honcho at this um, production company um so basically you learn pretty early on in the film that there's something kind of shady going on um which we learn is essentially that um, this man who's the leader of the company is having inappropriate um, sexual conduct with um, people that work within the company, people that are um, just trying to make a break in movies, and he's just um, taking advantage of them that way. And so we kind of follow um, the main character, played by Julia Garner, who is the assistant. Um, We follow her experience um, just as she learns kind of what's happening under the radar at this company, as she tries to do something to make a change about it. And we witness the ways that she herself is manipulated, even though it's not sexually. Um, And yeah, it's just a really, um... oh, it's also interesting. It takes place in the course of just one day. So one day for her on the job, one pretty important day. But um, I thought that was something that was really interesting about it. So so yeah, it's just... um about what it's like to be an assistant to a really ugly person in a high profile industry
0: (laughs) i think it's really interesting i think it really um like highlighted some different it really does show like where even though it's this huge system like the workforce is this huge huge system each of us has some sort of contributing factor to yeah what's allowed or like the sexism that happens in the workplace or, Mm
1: -hmm.
0: um, all these different types of things. And I think that it did that really effectively showing just these very realistic portrayals of some things that really do happen in the workforce, in the workforce, especially for a female at a, in a lower assistant role in a male dominated Mm -hmm. workplace. So, right. It's interesting. I there was like some part, parts that I just like couldn't help but like start like laughing or like giggling because I was like, "Wow, that's so spot on!" Like just for yeah, like,
1: <laughs> So it very real. Yes,
0: like I think some interesting things are like just for instance, like throughout her day, the things that she's expected to do. For instance, mm-hmm. this this high profile guy that she's the assistant to his wife constantly calls and she always wants to talk to the assistant to her instead of the other male assistants in the room um she's also constantly kind of like out of the sorts or out of the know or like she doesn't have the relationship that the other two male assistants do in that office um Mm -hmm. she's very like third wheel very third wheel. And then she's also, like, kind of forced to deal with this all on her own.
1: Yeah, she's out on, like, an island. Like, it's it was interesting. when When I was watching it, I was trying to figure out. I was like, okay, is she – you do kind of learn as the film goes on that she's only been – working there for five weeks or so. So that kind of leads me to believe that she's on the bottom of the totem pole out of these three assistants. But at first I wasn't sure because of what you said, that she had so much responsibility on her that only she was doing. Like you see the two male assistants, it's kind of like the three of them sit in this little room together outside of the the main guy's office. And we keep seeing main guy because this, this executive is unnamed, which I think was a really intentional um, decision. But... Um, But yeah, so you see she's handling everything. She's running around to other people's desks, cleaning up messes, um, taking the phone calls from the executive's wife. um, And then every time we see these two guys, they're just sitting there like they're taking phone calls and doing their job. But they're not having to do the kind of like (laughs) mad dash, super stressful um, things that she is. Yeah,
0: she definitely is. She works the longest hours in the company. Mm -hmm. Um, It's said early on that she was like there over the weekend when the other two guys didn't have to be. And Mm -hmm. a very interesting stylistic choice for the film, I think, is that we never see her boss.
1: Yes. Yeah, we don't even hear. We only hear his voice sometimes muffled when he calls her to like threaten her to yell at her when she's done something wrong.
0: Yeah, but which is so fascinating because, like, throughout the whole film, I feel like you can really feel his presence, like, just in her demeanor, like, the way Uh she talks to her parents on the phone, like, you you can feel his presence throughout watching the film of, like, the anxiety and, like, the domineering, his domineering personality, um, yeah, and she's not the only person that fears this guy, a lot of people in the office fear him. Mm
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's so smart what you said. It's like you, as you watch it all unfold, like I felt like I was carrying this tension in my shoulders too as if I were her or just other people in this office who have to tiptoe around him or live in fear of, you know, stepping out of place and getting yelled at. Um, But then, yeah, you even see there's these consistent scenes where the assistant, I think her name is Jane. I hope I read that correctly. I think that's the character's name. Where she... Um, is having to consistently visit the desk of this other man, who we don't really know what he does, but we assume he's somebody else kind of higher up in the company, somebody who is um, trusted by the head honcho. Um, She keeps having to go to his desk, essentially, to ask him to clean up other messes, and he's visibly frustrated, and he, like, rolls his eyes, and he doesn't want to have to do it, but it's that same thing that you were talking about like he as someone much higher up than the assistant he also carries around this like fear and foreboding of just like I have to deal with this and it's heavy on me but it's like to maintain my job I have to do these other ugly things (laughs) yeah I know that
0: you followed a lot of the Harvey Weinstein stuff pretty closely and you've Mm -hmm. read some books on it and some interviews I think but, yeah, how similar was this situation to all that and what was going on there?
1: Yeah, like, crazy similar. Um, it was very interesting to see, kind of like we've already talked about, I loved that this movie focused on just, like, kind of one person, one little microcosm of, like, kind of what was happening in the workplace. Well, even though we do see it in wider ways, like, our focus is on this one assistant, but... um it was super similar because in um, like the book I read, I read Ronan Farrow's book, um, Catch and Kill. And then I've read some of the other articles by him and Megan Toohey and um, the people that kind of um, unveiled what Harvey Weinstein was doing to kick off the big, what we know today is the Me Too movement. Um, but what's interesting about all of those things is um, they were telling stories of many different people at different levels that were affiliated with Harvey Weinstein um, and their experiences and things that they saw or heard about. But within those stories they were telling, um, they all did focus on assistance alone at one point and just, oh my gosh, so many things even verbatim. Like I've listened to interviews from people that were like assistants at Miramax or to Harvey Weinstein and just people saying things like, oh, like, you know, you're lucky you're not his type, or, you know, you should be careful because you are his type, like, things like that that seem, like, we could easily be like, oh, yeah, like, a character said that in a movie, but that doesn't really happen, like, it definitely does, and people say things, like, so willy-nilly without, like, like, people in really high up positions saying things like that to assistants, and, like, you know, you would think that there would be a different conduct of professionalism or that if they truly wanted to protect people, that they would do more than just say that. But um, it was just very true to life with like showing that it's actually usually pretty mundane, like what's happening, but it just equates to this like massive evil that really hurts people. And um, so, yeah, it's very like I would definitely recommend um, reading All the articles, all the expose articles that came out in 2017 um, about Harvey Weinstein and also just Catch and Kill. And and Ronan Farrow has a podcast also, um, podcast spinoff of Catch and Kill, where he does more in-depth interviews with um, people, men and women alike, who were um, involved in those stories. And it's just, I mean, it's like really tough to listen to, but I think it will quickly show how real... (laughs) how real the situations are and I think that's something I really appreciated about this movie was that it didn't over glamorize anything or put a Hollywood spin on it that it made it feel very real yeah so yeah yeah
0: I was thinking a lot about the Harvey Weinstein stuff but yeah she was Kitty Green the director was very uh inspired by all that I think she was even working on another project and whenever all this stuff came out um, about Harvey Weinstein and that all that stuff was going on. She started working on this project um, and correlated a lot of what went on there with, with this specifically. And I think it's interesting, especially being in the industry of film that is kind of like a male dominated place, uh, at least on that side of things um, to see it portrayed like this. I thought it was just really, really good. And I, yeah, I loved it. <laughs>
1: yeah, it was so, yeah, it just, I I read someone else's review. These were not my own words, but somebody was saying, like, this movie is so quiet and, like, silent even at times. Like, like there's no music. Sometimes you're just watching the expressions on Julia Garner's face as she takes a phone call or something. But it's, like, silent, but it's screaming at you. And I feel like that is so, like, so well wraps it up that, like, Oh my goodness, just the things you feel and the, like, the grossness and the evil and the, but then also, like, the tension between, like, what I really liked about this is that it didn't shy away from showing also that, like, the assistant, how easily she was manipulated too by this man. Like, when she's, even when she started to know what was going on and started to put all the pieces together about the inappropriate conduct happening in his office, you know, she would still so easily get wrapped around his finger when he would say things to her like, oh, like I'm going to make you great. Like you're my best assistant. Um and he he didn't prey on her sexually, but he preyed on her in a lot of other ways to keep her close and to um and to try and prevent her from doing anything about it or raising the alarm and like I love that it continued to show that tension in her like she's not a bad person she she didn't want this to be happening to the women but she was like she had all these people telling her that you know you it's a it's a small price to pay like you don't want to blow your career on this hunch you have and all this like gaslighting that was happening um to her to make her second guess what she was seeing and knew to be true and um so yeah i like that it wasn't even just straightforward that the assistant was a hero in the story it was like there was a lot of tension there and like like you were saying earlier i feel like you can a lot of people can relate to that in any industry they work in you know the the movie industry is like kind of front and center in this conversation right now but it happens everywhere and um yeah it was just really well done. Like I feel like I keep saying that over and over. I'm like don't I have some other adjectives? It was really well done.
0: But I think the I think the gaslighting thing is really interesting, especially like in the workplace like that. Like you said this earlier, but there's multiple times that she's made to feel like nothing is wrong and so she (laughs) like whether that be like specific comments like little things that like add up into this like huge like this huge thing like little things like exactly like you said earlier um you're not you're don't worry you're not his type and just the atmosphere that all these things create even though we're not physically seeing the harm and the actual things that he's doing. It creates this atmosphere that no one can speak up. No one can, especially people that are at assistant level roles and entry level roles can't speak up and do anything about it because they're just shying it off of, Oh, well that's just how he is. Oh, of course. Again, like there's one point where he doesn't show up to one of the meetings and it's suspected that he might be at a hotel with this new assistant that he hired who's very, very young. And people are like, oh, you shouldn't sit on that couch. Or typical him not showing up for the meetings. But it's just this culture that ends up being created from all these little things that is accepting of sexism in the workplace and abuse that's actually happening. And it's scary. It's very realistic. Like, it could happen. Like, Mm -hmm. but... Yeah, I think, yeah, it's just interesting. It's just makes you think. I think one of my favorite scenes is where (laughs) June goes to, uh, is it Jane or June?
1: (laughs) Uh, I think it's Jane, but then it's like confusing because her real name is Julia. So it's like... either the whatever name we say just know we mean the protagonist of the story because I don't even know if they say her name in the movie I think I read that her character's name was Jane but anyway yeah (laughs) Uh,
0: there's one point where she goes to HR to kind of talk about what's going on to tell someone about it and I think something that another theme is like we see her run into this female assistant of the HR rep, or the H, who's head of HR, who is a male. So this female assistant is working with him. This is the lady that had done her onboarding, had actually had a relationship, met Jane. But whenever she needs to bring up this big problem, she's speaking to a male that she really hasn't even met before or talked to before. And When she brings up all this that's going on, he completely dismisses her and is like, completely gaslights her. That's what he does
1: (laughs) throughout that entire
0: conversation. But yeah, I think we also see a lot of different like women in different roles. And like Jane actually doesn't get to talk to a woman about what's going on with her and like about what she's seeing. And a lot of it is because these male, a lot of males are in these executive roles where she's having to go and tell what's going on and debrief to and stuff like that but it's interesting i it's it's sad that it's a reality
1: yeah gosh i think you made you just made some like really great points about like the importance of having i mean there's so many reasons but just the simple fact of like when something happens, a woman needs like a woman to go to like, so the importance of having women in leadership and not that all the women in this movie were saints. Like you see some of them, some of the high up women say some pretty awful things, um you know, being on kind of the side of the, of the main boss, but it's just like, I didn't even really make that connection of what you said about the two different people in HR that she speaks to like that, yeah, she already had an existing relationship, but that wasn't the woman who was her ultimate outlet that was supposed to deal with what she was experiencing. And like, man, it's just, it's so, so important. It's important to have women in leadership, people that come from different backgrounds, like all for, especially like that core reason of like, you've got to have someone you can go to and be vulnerable with who has an incentive in having your back. And man, that... The HR scene. I was So the the main HR rep is played by Matthew McFadden, who is Mr. Darcy in the beloved 2005 Pride and Prejudice. And I was like, oh, this is awful. I was like, oh, I can never look at him the same way. I was like, this is so sad. Um, that, is, but, that is
0: a complete contrast. Like, Mr. Yeah. Darcy is every woman's, like, dream man. And then this yeah. guy is, like... The root of all evil in <laughs> <Yes>. society today.
1: <laughs> Gosh, yeah, totally. I was like, "Man, this is like this is blowing it." Like, <laughs> but also it shows how great of an actor he is. I'll we'll give him props for that. But, <laughs> but man, that scene was just—it was so good because in the beginning of their conversation, like you know, you can, if you've seen the trailer for this movie, you can see where that conversation goes. They kind of show a lot of it in the trailer. But even having seen that in the beginning of watching it in the film. I felt like, oh, this guy seems pretty trustworthy. Like in the beginning of their conversation, he's super kind and like listens to her and, and, you know, he's like, I'm here to help. He's saying all the right things. And then as their conversation goes on, it starts so small. He starts just like asking her small questions about what she's saying, like just to steer the conversation and until it escalates into him fully saying, Oh, so essentially you're just saying that you're jealous of this other woman because she got these perks that you didn't when you started as an assistant. And I was just like, This is a master class in gaslighting that we were watching right here. Like like he's then suddenly he's not even letting her get a word in edgewise and she just feels so guilty about it that she she starts to believe him, even though like rationally she knows something else is true and I feel like that yeah, that's like I agree with you it's like the best scene in the movie because it's also one that even if you haven't had that exact experience you can draw on other things that have maybe happened in your life like other conversations that have gone a similar way and just like man and and that when you're in the moment you can't always see things you could you can see about that conversation when you're removed from it and looking back on it and oh man, like my heart is beating so fast. Like yeah. I was like, <laughs> I'm so mad. I was like, oh, but th- it's such a
0: common thing.
1: It really um, is.
0: It's sad, but there were times in this movie and I've like kind of like shied away from like, I don't know, I I part of me is like, I don't know if I should say this, but it's true. Like there was definitely times that like early on in my career that I like see a lot of these things that happened to me. And it's like just these, itty bitty pieces of things, you know what I mean? That you're like, oh, that is, it's so realistic. Actually, yes, that's happened to me before. Or just even like little things is like her being expected to make the, or order the food and then distribute it to all the other, other males. And it's just little things like that, that you don't realize might be a bias or might be, <clears throat> like a gender role uh, really do add up to the atmosphere of a workplace. And it's just – it's really important for companies to be really aware and mindful of those things. And I think that's exactly why more women need to be in higher positions to make sure that those things don't happen or – I don't know.
1: Yeah, yeah. Yeah that's really well said like first of all I'm sorry that that kind of BS is something you've had to deal with too but it's like I think you're you're so right that it's like sometimes even under the guise of like oh well you're the low man on the totem pole like you've got to pay your dues like people can brush that off but then not everybody is expected to do that in the same way like like there's that scene in the movie when Like exactly like you said, like she's expected to order the food and there's one scene where she's like distributing the things she's ordered and like to the two male assistants next to her and one of them goes like, he goes, this is turkey. I ordered like a chicken sandwich or something and so he doesn't even eat it and it's like those are like the two people that are supposed to be closest to her, like are supposed to have her closest experience because of the other assistants and even hear them say things like you know, you can always come to us, you know, before you feel like you have to bubble it up. And it's just such a great illustration of, like, A, like, why it was harming her that she didn't actually have any females. Like, you could, someone could easily say, oh, like, well, these other two guys are assistants, too. Like, they have your same experience. Like, no, they don't. And B, just how it, how it trickles down to just, like, the smallest, like, the lowest roles in the company, then of course, when those people work their way up to executive roles, they don't have like sympathy or they're not thinking of people as people and on um, equal levels as them. And it's just like, whoo, it's like <laughs> someone, there could be like a whole like class taught on this movie. <laughs> they're really good.
0: And that's what's so funny too. I love that you mentioned when the two other assistant guys say to her, oh, you can always come to us. You can always bub- like let us know. So then then it's this atmosphere that even though she reports to this exec guy and she ends up having to report to all these other people in her workplace because of <laughs> her inferior- inferiority of being a female. So she has to she can't just go to HR. She has to actually talk to the men that are at the same level as her about her issues before she bubbles it up to HR and just, right. And they'll tell her if
1: it's okay. (laughs) Yeah. Uh.
0: And I think you can even see there's three assistants. So there's her, there's Jane, who's the newest. There is, um, the one who sits right next to her. I don't, excuse me. I don't know his name, but he's kind of the nicer of the two. He's a little bit more understanding towards her. And then there's the third one who's, who looks like he's been extremely desensitized, desensitized to the workplace. And so it's exactly like what you're saying is these assistants start to become execs or move up in their career. It it's just this vicious cycle of what the borderline or what what we're going to start to accept or what we deem is okay. And even as she goes through her role, I think that's something that people don't talk about often, but for females who are in lower roles and they've seen this kind of behavior play out and be okay and be society, society accepts it as just being how it is. Like how does that affect women later on in their careers? Like they, they, they start to be a part of the same cycle. They start to accept the exact same things. And um, yeah, I don't
1: know. It's just interesting. It's, it's
0: really, really interesting.
1: <laughs> yeah. There's like so much to unpack. Like it's such a simple movie on its face, but it's so deep. And it's like, and, and just showing this, like, I, I was kind of thinking about it. Cause you know, it, it's, it takes place in the course of one day and while this is a big day for her because it's the day that she goes to HR and the day that things like start to click, it's like even on a day when those things weren't happening, there is still so much wrong like with that picture. Just like the little bits and pieces happening throughout a quote unquote normal day that just like you said, they add up over time and if you know, they the at one point they mentioned that she her main goal is to become a producer like that's but to get her foot in the door is why she took this assistant job and it's like gosh like if that's what's beat into you and fed into you as you work your way up then yeah exactly like you said who are you then when you do get to that position of power and I mean of course there are people out there who change things for the better once they get to that level but the odds are stacked against you when you are being fed like lies and poison little by little and it's it's like yeah sometimes you don't even see it until it's become something really big and man it's a lot a lot to chew on there (laughs) (laughs) oh man yeah i (laughs) like i'm the emoji with the head exploding (laughs) (laughs) like uh
0: kitty green does talk about in an interview she one of the questions she's asked is like, if you want your audience to walk away with one thing, like what is it? And she was like, it's that it's that realizing that everyone has a role in this and like figuring out where you are in this story and how can you change things for the better? And it's, we have like made a lot of prog- progress with all this that's going on, but it's so deep rooted within our society and our corporate culture and all these things that it's going to take a lot of time. And I think it is a lot of people, um, from various parts of the industry. It's not only the big, the big guys, the the execs, but it's everyone becoming more aware and just, yeah, taking it more slowly to make sure that females are, treated fairly in the workplace even whenever it doesn't seem like females aren't being treated fairly like it's it's just it's just complicated it's really complicated and I think that's just I think this movie shows how complicated it really truly is but
1: yeah Yeah. there's my rant there's
0: my rant for the day
1: (laughs) no it's great it's not even a rant you're spouting loads of wisdom here I love it yeah. And and I love what you said about like, even when it looks like nothing's wrong, like I think as with people in position of privilege and of, of any kind, like it's like you, a lot of times, if you're that person in a privileged position, you're not going to, you're simply not going to see things unless you make a concerted effort to try. And like, yeah, it may seem like all the women in your workplace are, are happy as a clam and have the same opportunities, but what happens if you peel back the covers a little bit or you actually like take a moment to dig into career growth for women at your company or like there's just always like one extra step you can do um, differently than just like assuming all is well and I think that goes for, yeah, that goes for me personally, that goes for women too, like it's, Yeah. Just like you said, I think we've all got a we have a role to play and can do something to help each other out too. It's yeah. like, yeah. Yeah. It's cool how that do you, th- she said that.
0: Yeah. How do you think people, like, how do people solve this? Like, how, wh- oh, like,
1: what are some practical do- ways? Just curious. <laughs> like, how do we, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, that's a, yeah, it's a loaded question. I mean, I think. Firstly, kind of what we've already said is like, think about like, take some, you'll have to set some time aside, like it won't just kind of naturally happen. But I think, think about a couple of things, like where do you sit within your company hierarchy or what, what is your role? Not just like your job, but the people in your sphere of influence. Um, How, like, I think taking the time to examine that, just simply doing that first might bring some things to light. Just even like questions you have like, hmm, like, you know, this person said this one thing to me offhand once about like a frustration and, you know, we kind of commiserated for a moment, but maybe there was something more there or um, or even just like thinking about your interactions with people above you and like. I think like your gut is a really good thing to listen to. Like, how do you not to say like, because you don't click with someone means they're a bad person. I don't want to say that. Like there's different personalities in the workplace, (laughs) but if there's like something that's making you uncomfortable and it has for a while, like, like who, who can you talk to that maybe isn't that person directly, but, and if you don't have the outlet, like whether it's like you don't have a trusted HR person or just like a relationship there, like I think that's the first red flag like in its face is like oh shoot like there's not that person like I can't identify who that is um and that's like something to examine of itself but I think it's like a lot of small steps and intentionality between examining your role and like just how your company is set up and its practices and yeah I don't know what do you think like has anything
0: no yeah I think that's I think that's so true and completely spot on is I think first it always starts with like, like you said, like figuring out where you are and like where you lie in the company and just being more aware of those things. And I think, yeah, I think, I think sometimes like it's so easy to be so caught up in just the day to day and like what's on your plate, especially like if you're trying to climb the ladder and become more successful and you kind of just, it's important not to put your success over your humanity and being able to just slow down and create relationships, um, especially with females who are starting out their career. And I think it's just realizing that a lot of these people who are right out of college have a really fresh perspective and there is this like innocence that's there that like once you've been in the industry a while you might not have anymore. (laughs) The sheen
1: goes away a little bit. Yeah. 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 (laughs) Um,
0: But yeah and I think I think I've heard you talk about this before but I think there's even like programs at some companies that get women together or I think it's important not even just for women but like any any, I don't know, any like anyone that has like something in in common with someone at a workplace, like to get different yeah. groups together and um, and start talking about kind of these things and how to prevent it. I think is really important.
1: But yeah, I think that's yeah. great advice. There are like sometimes if you work at a really big companies and they're you know well minded um, with good with good core beliefs. Sometimes, like, they'll set up those things and just, like, make it easy for employees to get connected with groups within the workplace, um, which I think is really great. Uh, but they're also, like, the good thing is as as awareness kind of continues to grow about these kind of things, um, there's a lot of in- organizations that have just, like, online, like, resources where – like, if you want to start one of these in your workplace, like, this might sound rebellious, but, like, you don't need HR's permission. Like, here are all the tools. If you want to be like, hey, guys, I'm thinking of starting all of this, like, who who would be interested in getting a group together? And I love what you said about, like, it doesn't always have to be all women, too. Like, I think just starting with that core of, like, how can we connect to people in the workplace and share our experiences and build trust and learn from each other, like, any way to do that is really good. Um Yeah. yeah.
0: I think this is a good time to do this one, I feel like, because there are yes. <laughs> a lot of things going on in the world, and I think it's just a good time to... It's, it's just a good reminder. This movie is a good reminder just to become more aware and understanding of the things that you might think you know and you really just don't you don't know, or things that you haven't really thought about, biases and privilege and all these things, and figuring out how you can aid this aid in the system and not be perpetuating the the issues here but
1: yeah yeah well said i agree <laughs> <laughs> that's so good yeah well i feel like that's a good place to to end unless you have anything else you want that's on your mind about the film no i think i think we hit it all we hit it all yeah <laughs> I know I've loved this conversation. Yeah, <laughs> it's kind of firing me up. I'm like, there's work to do. There's <laughs> thank you, Kitty Green, and everyone behind the assistant. <laughs> this is like what film at its best, you know, like inspiring people to examine things and and make change for the better. So yeah, I like, love it.
0: Yeah, and it's it, I I think that's one thing it is effective is because it's so realistic to like something. It's not it's not just like it's not metaphorical. <laughs> yeah <laughs> and so it's, it makes it really easy to talk about I feel like
1: so. yes, absolutely yeah. yeah, you don't have to reach very far to draw those parallels like
0: <laughs> <laughs> so what's what's new? What have you been
1: watching? What are you gonna watch? Oh, all right, so <laughs> um what I've been watching um it's been kind of it's been really random for sure. Um, but I am kind of, I think I mentioned before, I'm kind of sticking to this theme of like, I am I've always been into, but especially lately I've had my obsession reignited with like weird seventies horror movies. Um, just like the, the wild psychedelic, you know, kind of corny, but also super imaginative movies. Um, Suspiria, the 1970s version is just one of my all time favorite movies, but I feel like ever since I discovered that, I've kind of had a soft spot. So um, I've watched this movie called Phantasm, which is an American film. And then last night watched um, a movie called House, which there's an American horror movie called that as well. But this one was the Japanese one made by Obayashi. And they're both just so wild. And it's such a ride to <laughs> to watch those movies. But I've been really enjoying that experience. <laughs> um, and I have like a whole of like, increase my watch list twofold just adding a bunch of of weird horror movies to it from like the late 60s and 70s oh wait so the the one that's
0: japanese called house is that one Mm -hmm. from the 70s
1: yes i think it's 1977 yeah and then the the american one is from the 80s which they're not they're not the same story but there's like similarities between them The american one definitely not as it's just a little bit too not good for me to enjoy it but <laughs> I love I like an element of like bad movie mixed in with those kind of horror movies because I think it makes it more fun but <laughs> oh, but yeah I think that's like the most like impactful thing I've watched recently I'm sure I'm forgetting something but um. and then what I'm really looking forward to that's coming out next week it says available digitally everywhere I don't know what that means for cost or exactly what platforms but Next weekend, the movie Shirley comes out, which is um, starring Elizabeth Moss, and it's about the life of real-life real, author, real life author Shirley Jackson, who I'm such a huge fan of. And, like, um, Haunting of Hill House is one of my, like, favorite scary stories. It's, I'm really showing my true colors here. I don't know why I'm, like, I'm <laughs> such a, a horror like kick but (laughs) I mean it is one of my favorite genres but um but yeah so I'm just like really excited for that movie and I've heard it came out like I think on the festival circuit and things for a little bit before COVID-19 hit so I remember hearing some positive things about it um But, yeah, I'm really excited for that. I I thought it came out later, so just, like, a couple days ago is when I realized it comes out next weekend. So I was like, this is awesome. (laughs) I
0: I hadn't even – I didn't know about that, but I love Elizabeth Moss, so I'm going to have to watch that. So
1: it will be on Amazon? I I don't – I assume so. Like, every trailer I've seen has been, like, available everywhere digitally. I'm like, okay, what's everywhere? So (laughs) – because usually when they say everywhere, I'm like, okay, all the theaters in the U.S. But when it's digital, I'm not exactly sure what that means. But
0: <laughs> that's so interesting. I'm like, yeah, that because theaters haven't opened up yet, at least not in yeah. Dallas.
1: So yeah, it's like they're allowed to, but they haven't been probably because what would they even show? But um, yeah, Scoob. Very interesting. And <laughs> Scoob. <laughs> Oh, boy. And I don't think I'm going to risk my COVID exposure for Scooby-Doo, but yeah. <laughs> I'm sure some people would. <laughs> no judgment here. <laughs> I
0: know. Probably so the parents are, like, trying to get their kids or, like, their kids are, like, let's
1: get out of the house. I can see them. Maybe yes. That. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Desperation. No. But <laughs> hopefully if they do that, they're going to a theater that's practicing social distancing. <laughs> yes. <laughs> they should not be opening, I guess, if they're not, but. What about you? What's what's been on your list? Um, so something that
0: I watched last night, actually, that I can't wait to talk to you about sometime is I watched Ooh. a Ghost Story.
1: Oh yeah, I saw you rated that on Letterbox. Oh gosh, yes. what a great movie! Yeah, I loved it. I
0: like. I think we've talked about this before, but we I know I know we have, but we've definitely talked about like doing movies for Enneagram numbers.
1: Yeah,
0: definitely. I, this is like the perfect enneagram four uh, <laughs> movie because it's so dark. It or not dark, yeah. but like it's so like contemplative. Like yes, you're like I know this has this really deep meaning, but kind of at the end you're like nothing matters. Like it's just, right it's just like. It's just I, I I really liked it. I thought it was really interesting and good and um there's just like so many amazing
1: stills in that movie that Yeah. Filmed in Fort Worth too. It's awesome. Are you serious? I yeah. had no idea. We actually um I saw that movie for the first time at the Oak Cliff Film Festival here and like the director was there and he like talked about it. It was really awesome. It's like super Texas connected which is cool
0: (laughs) I had no idea that is so awesome um yeah but yeah I really liked it so I watched that it's available on um uh Netflix so it's a really easy watch uh and I hadn't seen Rooney Mara in something in a really long time and it was just yeah there's a part where she eats a pie in five minutes and apparently it actually really did (laughs) happen
1: yeah you literally watch her eat like every inch of that pie it's yeah. such like an amazing <laughs> it's kind of like become infamous but it's such an amazing scene like that's how you'll know if that movie's for you it's like how you handle the pie scene <laughs> yeah but,
0: yeah I loved it so that's something I watched recently that I really enjoyed um and, and it really that's had awesome. me thinking big big things all night so I was like thinking about the meaning of life and <laughs> very very big things so uh nice yeah something that i'm planning on watching very soon and i've been meaning to watch it for the for a while but is the before trilogy uh, Oh yes oh
1: gosh me too yeah yeah have you seen it no i haven't but it's been on my watch list forever and it keeps coming oh, up I'm Perfect. Like, okay, i gotta watch those movies
0: <laughs> that would be a great episode for us to do we could just That's cover so the, the full trilogy
1: um, yes
0: but I'm related to
1: Ethan Hawke. Did I tell you that? <laughs> oh, that's right. You have told me that, and I forgot. but yeah. yes, or that's
0: my mom so awesome. yeah, my mom and him were second cousins, and so I was like, yeah, I, I really need to watch this. I've heard really good things about it. Uh, a lot of people that really like movies that I really trust their opinion have told me countless times that I need to watch this trilogy. So um, yeah. I'm excited to watch that, so. Yeah, awesome. Yeah, that's what I'm planning on watching. Yeah,
1: (laughs) nice. Yeah, I love that idea because it's yeah three movies and like it keeps coming up. Like I think that it must be having a resurgence in times of quarantine or something because so many podcasts and so many people are watching it at Letterboxd. I'm like, okay, universe, I get it. Like I have to watch the before trilogy but i've heard it's so great so that's awesome we got to support your family yes
0: (laughs) well i guess we should get on with our sunday
1: (laughs) yeah we should we got we got some movies to watch
0: so (laughs) until next time (laughs) all right thanks for listening bye bye